Have you ever gotten in your car, especially after your kid drove it, and you cranked it up and you're headed down the road and you look on the dash and the red light has come on that said you don't have any gas? You ever been there? Well, we have six daughters. So anytime they're home, I should know it's coming, right? So I hopped in the car last summer when, when they were home and I thought, oh boy, not good. I hopped in it the next time, same story. I went for a third time, same story. We're just grateful your pastor's not in jail, right? But you know what happens is there's a guy who headed out. He was in a hurry, and it was his anniversary. He had forgotten. So he gets in the car in the morning, and he heads out to go grab just a little something as a reminder so he's not totally busted. So he doesn't take his phone. He just grabs his wallet, the keys. He's gone. And he's out about a mile past the nearest gas station to him. The light comes on. And if your car is like my truck is, it tells me how many miles it's working down, right? But when it gets to 20, it's just like, eh, eh, eh. And what it means is you may have 20 and you may have two, right? And so there are people who like to push that. And it's like, oh, yeah, we got, we got plenty. I'm one of those people. This guy was one of those people. But all of a sudden, it starts flashing more and more. I mean, his eye is twitching, and he's thinking, this is not good. I'm going to get busted because I've run out of gas. I'm going to get busted because I forgot my anniversary. And you know what I have realized? Some of us are just like that car. There's a red light that's flashing right in front of us saying, caution, caution, caution. You are almost out of fuel. Life has gone so fast and so hard that you're literally running out of fuel. And spiritually speaking, you're about to be empty and stranded on the side of the road without your cell phone. Now, you could be tempted to look in the back because, you know, sometimes Jenny's car is not quite as neat as mine. I think there are a possessed group of humans that live in that car when I'm not in it. But they, sometimes you find water bottles that are kind of halfway done and three-quarter way done and almost full but not open yet. You know, that kind of thing. I, you could pull over and you could open up those. You could pour them in a gas tank. But guess what? You're, when you do that, you're going to ruin your car, right? I don't care how good your car is, you're going to ruin your car. You can say, well, I have a Tesla. <laughs> okay, I, I have a vacuum cleaner. And so, you, that's for you, Rusty. And so, I, what happens in our life is sometimes we get, we're running low on life and we put the wrong things in thinking it's going to fulfill us. So, so we, we run out of spiritual fuel. So, so surely, like, I, I can work more on me. I can, I, can, I can just work on my body. I can work on losing weight. I can, I can give up smoking, or I could drink less, or I could not drink at all, or I could, you just go on all the stuff we try. And it's just like running out of gas and putting water in the tank. It's like, but it's liquid, but it's, but it's not designed to do the same thing. The reason why we want to talk about one word today is that I believe this one word is what can infuse us headed into glorious day. I believe this can infuse us with a power and a purpose and a rhyme and a remedy in our life that we desperately need. God will fulfill you, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. And so in Psalm 118, in preparation for glorious day, I want to read the 25th verse, all right? Now listen to what the 25th verse has to say, because this is as good as it gets, all right? Don't miss this. Please, Lord, please save us. 
please, Lord, please give us success. Isn't this just a typical plea? God, I am in such a mess. Save me. God, would you bless my plans so that I might be successful? Because, God, I'm a successful person. What I do is I win. That's what I do. I'm a winner. God, would you bless my effort? I want you to go up to the beginning of of a little diatribe here, the psalmist writes, and head back up to verse 22, where the text says, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. Now, you might be saying, okay, Chuck, the psalmist speaks of Jesus as the cornerstone, knowing that he will be rejected. How could the psalmist have any idea this is going on in this time and frame? Well, because the same God that inspired the psalmist is the same God that sent Jesus the Son. It's the same God that said to Matthew, write that. So what we have is here the Old Testament or the Old Covenant that is speaking the story of the New Testament and the New Covenant. Jesus will come and he will be rejected, but Jesus will become the cornerstone. Jesus will become the most important thing. Let's keep going. And then the psalmist says, but this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please, Lord, save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God shining upon us. Take the sacrifice and bind it with cords on the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Now, I don't want you to miss this, that the Lord is saying, you may have rejected me to date, but you can't stop the fact that he is Lord. Now, you could sit here today or watch online, and you could say, but I'm an atheist. And I would say to you, okay, are you an honest atheist or a dishonest atheist? Well, I'm an honest atheist. So then you would admit that you don't know everything there is to know about everything. Well, that's right. So really, you're not an atheist. You're an agnostic. That's right, Chuck. I'm an agnostic. Are you an honest agnostic or a dishonest agnostic? Are you with me? And eventually, we would come down to, well, you know, really, I don't live for God, but I know God. Or we might come to the fact where we would say, I've heard what Jesus could do, but I've never let him do that in my life. And all of a sudden, we find inside the Scripture that many of you saw in some of your translations the word that we're going to focus on today, Hosanna. That song we sang a minute ago, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, right? Okay, do you know what you're actually saying? You're saying, help me. You're literally saying when you say Hosanna, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Now, I want to make sure that you get this because there is a difference in the Hosanna that that is spoken in the Hebrew in the Old Covenant and the Hosanna that is spoken of in the Greek in the New Covenant because in our English, we have two separate meanings of one word. And the one word being Hosanna. Hosayana, Osana. Hosayana, Osana. And then we come out with Hosanna. Now, the first meeting in the Old Covenant, this meeting is, Lord, save me. We're in a mess. 
And the psalmist is saying, you are to rejoice in the Lord every day because this is the day he has made. Now you say, well, I'm a literalist, Chuck. I need to know what day was he referring to? Because Chuck, surely he meant Sunday because that's his day, right? No, here's what he's saying. Rejoice in the Lord every day for every day he has made for you. And when you do, cry out, Hosanna, Lord, I need you. So let's sing it with me. You ready? Hosanna. You're not singing. There are men in this room right now who've decided, I ain't doing it. I, Jen, doesn't the girls call that bucking? Like when, when a man goes like that, and it's called bucking. Did y'all know that? I didn't know that, but my daughter's taught me that. So yeah, some of y'all looking at me right now going, I ain't going to do it. Just try it. Just give, give it a run. What you got to lose? You're in church for, for like 30 more minutes. You got it, right? Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. All right, now watch this, okay? I know some of y'all can't get more than shoulder high. That's okay. All right, I got it, but just go with one hand. All right, I mean, if you can only do shoulder high, it's like, you know, the kind of church I grew up in, it's like, mm, like, you know, like one of those closet handers. I got it, all right? But, but just give it a shot, all right? Just one hand. Jen, you ain't gonna do it, are you? Oh, my wife just raised her hand in church. Hosanna in the highest. Okay, now here we go. You ready? Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Go for two. Hosanna, Hosanna. Wave them. Hosanna in the highest. Okay, and I want you to notice something. The ceiling did not fall in. God did not smite you. You survived it. Some of you even had fun. But what you just sang was, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. I don't want you to miss that in preparation for glorious day, we need to insert the song that we have only held dear to for Palm Sunday. The belief that as Jesus rode in in that cult, on that cult, we can forget that we're singing Hosanna. Save us, please, Lord. Save us, please. I'm in desperate need. Save me, please. I need you. Come to me, please. Lord, I need help. Every time we sing Hosanna, we're saying that in the sense of the old covenant. Hoshayana. But then secondly, it means thank you. Hosanna means save me, but in the new covenant sense, it means thank you. So on the one hand, the people of Israel, when the psalmist is writing this, is saying, Lord, save us, we're in a mess. And toward the end of that text, did you hear him saying, and you go ahead and bind up that sacrifice to the altar. But over in the new covenant, I didn't need an animal on the altar because Jesus had become the ultimate sacrifice. So I no longer needed to say, will you come help me? Now I can say, thank you, you've come to help me. Can you see how this has become not so subtle? Please, Lord, please save us. Now watch this. If you're taking notes, if you'll notice I don't have a monitor right on this week, I thought y'all get bored with that, and so I gave you a break. But if you're taking notes, I want you to make this not so subtle shift in the word, Hosanna. In the old covenant, there is concern. Lord, I'm in desperate need, will you save us. 
But that concern becomes confidence in the new covenant. Because of what Jesus has already done, we go from will you to thank you. Now, I want to make a point here that there are two postures here, and one is not better than the other. Two understandings, and one doesn't always lead to the other, and one is not greater than or better than the other. One posture is like this. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I need you. The posture is that I kneel before you and I recognize I am but human. You are my creator, my sustainer, my God, my savior. I need you. Now, on the other hand, you go from, Lord, I need you, to Lord, I trust you, I praise you. What's the difference? Here, I'm saying that I am begging you to come into my life, Lord, and here I am thanking him that he already has. Now, here's the beauty. This is why neither one of these you can get wrong. Because if you come to God and say, God, I need you, I surrender all I am to all you are, he'll give you all that he is. And if you're over here praising him for all that he is, he will continue to give you all that he is. You can't lose either way. Hoshiana, Osana, Hosanna. Now, this is why it's such a big deal. Let's sing it in. You ready? Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Lord, I need you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, you're my God. Lord, you're my Savior. Lord, when I ran out, you were there. When I didn't know what to do, you'd already done it. Hosanna. You say, well, Chuck, why have this silly little book? Why, why ask us for the next 30 days to make sure that I get gratitude into my life? You ready? Because he has come to save his people. Well, that's great, Chuck, but what about me? He has come to save you. The glorious day of Easter doesn't happen without Good Friday. Good Friday doesn't happen before Maundy Thursday. Maundy Thursday doesn't happen until after Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday doesn't happen unless there's Christmas. And Christmas doesn't happen unless God the Creator loves you so much that he would send his son to be born in a filthy stable, live a perfect life, die on a cross, lie in an empty grave, and then walk out of that grave alive as alive could be and go to heaven to create a home for all who would believe. My friend, if you're wondering, did he come for me? The answer is yes. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. He came for you. And when we get that, we will want to infuse a gratitude for that in every day of our life. Well, why would I add scripture, Chuck? Because he's given us his word to live by. You say, well, Chuck, my life is a mess. Then let me ask you a question. When's the last time you intentionally let scripture do what only it can do in your life? Well, Chuck, I don't have time for that. Okay, look right here. I'm going to give you the greatest tip your pastor is ever going to give you. You don't have time not to. Because apart from Scripture being alive and cutting through your soul, you will miss the rich and beautiful blessings of Hosanna. 
You say, well, then, Chuck, surely you don't need to be about journaling, do you? Yes, you absolutely do. Why? Because he has called us to remember his great love, Hosanna. Not to mention to journal means that you actually stop. You actually think. You actually write. And it causes you to remember the goodness of God in my life. You say, well, Chuck, you know, I, I just, a blank page, it just didn't do it for me. I know, that's why I didn't give it to you. I, I gave you five simple questions to answer every day. The number one reason why men don't journal is they don't believe that there's anything in their life worth writing down or what they'd write down they'd be embarrassed of. So here's five questions, guys, just for you. And Chuck, what, what about prayer? I mean, do I really need to ensure that is in my life? Listen, we need to pray because he's heard our cry for help and he longs for his children to chat with him. I believe with every ounce of my being, if you will infuse with intentionality this into your life, you will create a power routine that will create space, margin, hope, and joy within your life. And between now and Easter, God can infuse you with a glorious day. You say, well, Chuck, but you mentioned the old covenant and the new covenant. Yeah, but Hosanna, the first time in the New Testament, is Matthew 20, 21. In Matthew 21, verse 9, Jesus' triumphant entrance into Jerusalem, as king says, Jesus was in the center of the procession, and all the people all around him were shouting. Now, look at these two words, praise God. The New Living Translation that I love to read from and usually preach from, it says Hosanna and puts these two words in place of it, praise God. Every time you sing Hosanna, Hosanna, you're singing praise God, praise God. And you say, well, Chuck, I'm not really nearly that charismatic. I'm not either. But when I want to praise God, I want him to know that's different than when I praise my dog when he brings the ball back. When Kirby brings the ball back, which is about one every 10 times, you know, I make a big, do big deal. You know, the guy that trained him, so what do you do? Kirby comes back with the ball, and, and he just looks at me like, you know, and, and I just, had a boy, that's a good boy, you know, and I get the dog voice on you, rub him on the ears and everything. Okay, you ready to go in? And I chunk the ball, and he just looks at me like, what do we do? But when he does it right, he comes back, had a boy, good boy, right? But listen to me. I don't praise God the way I praise my dog because my dog's a dog, but God's a God. One and only creator, sustainer, savior, helper, keeper. He is the reason why heaven is real. He is the reason why it's our home. He is the reason why when we say Hosanna, he, he receives it as our God and his children saying Praise God, praise God. Blessed is he who came for me. Praise God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. I praise God. I hosanna in highest heaven. I want you to notice that there's that, that not so subtle difference goes from God, I wish you would, to God, I'm so glad you did. This is the beauty of living the Christ life. This is the beauty of glorious day being real. This is the beauty of Hosanna taking on real meaning in our life because here's what it says. I praise you, I thank you, will you, but it doesn't have to stay in the old covenant. We now can live in that new covenant that says, I can praise you and thank you because I know what you've done. I accept what you've done. I trust you for all you've done, and I trust you with all of me. Hosanna. Hosanna. Let's sing it again. You ready? Hosanna. Come on, let's get up. Hosanna in the highest. 
another time. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Listen, I don't want you to forget what you just jumped into. Listen to what Matthew said in chapter 21, verse 15. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, Hosanna, praise God for the son of David. But the leaders were indignant. Listen to me, friend. Anybody that gets indignant with your praising of the Lord, I'll promise you Satan is using them at that moment. You say, Chuck, I I don't think you can be that clear. I do. I believe that with every ounce of my being. I don't care if you're a hand raiser, you're a dancer, you're a hop, skip, and jumper, or you're just standing there. I don't care. But if your heart's praising the Lord and somebody's indignant with your praise of the Lord, Satan is using them right then. Don't be that because we have a Hosanna. Hosanna changed the world forever. It changed the world forever. Listen to what John 12, 13 said. They took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, Hosanna, praise of God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The old covenant focused on help, and the new covenant, a declaration of salvation. Jesus continued it in John 5, where he said, Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who has sent eternal life, he will not be judged, but is crossed over from death to life. Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna pictures our transition from pleading to thanking, from I wish to action taken. It shows the impact of Jesus' act at Calvary, and it's now Hosanna, blessed is he who gave his life for the forgiveness of my sin. Hosanna pictures our spiritual health. You see, why would I be grateful because of all that he's done? You say, but Chuck, surely he didn't do all that for me. That was for religious people. Listen, the one group on the planet that didn't receive Jesus We're the most religious people on the planet. Let me say that again. All the people on the planet who resisted Jesus were the most religious people on the planet. God is not asking you to become religious. As a matter of fact, I'm begging you not become religious. I'm pleading with you to recognize Hosanna, Hosanna, the one who came and is the Lord. I want to remind you again. The prayer and the praise are the same posture of heart. Lord, I need you. Lord, I praise you. You know what both of them say? This is where I'm at, and this is where he is. And everything in between, I can't understand, but I know he has this in the palm of his hand. Hosanna, Hosanna. And finally, Hosanna, my friend, Hosanna is an attitude of worship. Hosanna is an attitude of worship. The biggest takeaway from this chat today, this sermon, is that even if we're in that place in life where we're pleading, we should acknowledge him in a form of worship. And by the way, let me just stop and say, worship is not just music. And not all music is worship. When you pray, you are in an act of worship. When you acknowledge God in Hosanna, you are in an act of worship. 
The attitude of worship says no matter where you are spiritually, you can approach God through prayer or worship the same way. Please hear me. Please talk to me. Please show me something new. Hosanna. My friend, let Hosanna become your prayer today. Sing it with me. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. One more time. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. God, I thank you for the times that I don't know what to do next. I thank you because your word says to trust you, to acknowledge my need for you, and that you will set my path straight. God, I thank you that I don't have to know everything and that you are my source of knowledge, strength, sustenance, and hope. I thank you that you empower me when I am connected to you. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. My friend, let your Hosanna ring by letting Jesus into your heart and stop pleading for help and receive it in the form of Jesus, our Hosanna, our Savior, our King. Hosanna in the highest. Friends, with heads bowed and eyes closed, what will you ask the Lord for over the next glorious days? What, what will you ask the Lord to do to step into your life with Hosanna? Lord, we love you. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who is our Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's worship him. If you're physically able to, you stand. For many of you, if you're physically able to, just kneel. Let this become a prayer. Offer it up to the Lord. Hosanna. Blessed is he. Blessed is he. Amen. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. it up. Lord, I praise you today. I trust you today. I want you today. You are my God. You are my sustenance. You are my hope. Come on, church.
Yeah. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. We love you, we trust you. Hosanna in the highest. Let him go before you and make a way. Let him make your crooked path straight. Walk out of this room today by allowing him within you to bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment because he is always good and you are always loved. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And when this life is beating you up, just walk over to him. Let him bend over so you can hop on his back and wrap your arms around his strong shoulders only so he can set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his arms around you as he looks you in the eye and says, my child, say it with me, I love you. God bless you. Go in peace. <laughs>